What is going on, movie lovers? Welcome back to another edition of No Content for Old Men. This is the podcast where every week I give you reviews of the latest movies and some streaming suggestions for your weekend. This is edition number 248. And as always, I'm your host, Matt Craig. Thank you so much for listening. This week we're talking about Dream Scenario, the new movie from A24 uh, starring Nicolas Cage. You may have seen trailers about it. Pretty cool concept. You know, he's appearing in everyone's dreams uh, every night. So we'll we'll talk about that movie. We'll also talk about The Curse on Showtime, which is a miniseries but has very cinematic qualities. Uh, And then, you know, as always, some streaming suggestions that uh, you can check out this weekend. I want to mention off the top, you can get in touch with me on Twitter at Mr. Matt Craig or through my newsletter at mattcraig.substack.com. That's especially relevant right now because I have reopened the sales for my cinephile bucket list. I'm assuming if you listen to this podcast, you probably also have seen the newsletter and have seen my posts about it. But just in case you haven't, uh, cinephile bucket list is a scratch off movie poster with my 100 best movie suggestions. People have gotten it, have said really uh, positive feedback. People really loved them last year. So I'm putting them back on sale this year and I really think you'll enjoy them. So head over again to the newsletter, mattcraig.substack.com and check that out. But for now we're talking about a dream scenario. Movies, artistic ones anyway, have always reflected society on a couple-year delay. In the 1970s, for example, you'll find a lot of movies about paranoia and a lack of trust in authorities in the wake of the Watergate scandal. I'm thinking like Three Days of the Condor, The Conversation, Marathon Man, etc. After 9-11, a lot of movies were made that challenged our sense of safety at home. I'm thinking about Zodiac, No Country for Old Men, and even The Dark Knight comes to mind. It's interesting then that the prevailing feeling in this first sweep of post-pandemic movies is anxiety. Look no further than Ari Aster's Bo is Afraid from earlier this year. In either case, our protagonist, an incel, involuntary celibate for those who don't watch cable news, feels powerless in his own life, racked with anxiety that causes each of their own efforts to only deepen their spin out of control. In a lot of ways, anxiety is now A24's brand. Sure, it still makes thoughtful character-driven dramas for adults that have been that have built it into really the only independent production company with its own fandom. I mean, no one is buying, you know, no one's a, a Lionsgate fan or buying merch for New Line Cinema. This year, Past Lives is my second favorite movie of the year and they put out films from indie darlings like Nicole Hall of Center, You Hurt My Feelings, Kelly Reichert who made Showing Up and Sofia Coppola recently with Priscilla. But what we think of when we think of an A24 movie is now creeping dread, replacing the weepy sentimentality of, you know, Moonlight, Waves, even Lady Bird that defined A24 in the recent past. I can add to this anxiety list from the past two years movies like Bodies, 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 Uncut Gems, and The Less Successful Men. In Dream Scenario, the incel is played by Nicolas Cage. No stranger to metaphysical or fourth wall breaking psycho thrillers. I mean, face off, adaptation, the unbearable weight of massive talent, just to name a few. He's a college professor who, by some strange phenomenon, begins appearing in thousands of people's dreams every night. A mild mannered beta male at first glance, Cage's hero is underneath an egotistical striver who clings to his newfound fame for any kind of relevance. He can't handle the pressure and eventually cracks, collapsing his entire life in the process. 
This tone certainly lends itself to a fair number of cringe-inducing moments. As my brother once told me, I don't like watching movies where the guy makes nothing but bad decisions. My brother would not like this movie. However, it's really well constructed by the relatively unseasoned Norwegian filmmaker Christopher Borgli. I think I pronounced that right. Introducing the possibility of dream worlds allows the movie to play with reality, cleverly misleading a viewer into thinking something is happening in the story, only to pull it back. Not to eliminate stakes, you know, when I think of the Chewbacca problem that I've talked about in past uh, newsletters and podcasts, but actually to heighten the stakes, because suddenly any possible outcome is on the table. Each twist of the metaphorical knife in Cage's back only ratchets up the tension on the thriller plot, leading to an earned, if not entirely satisfying, conclusion. And one layer down, the movie also has a lot of incisive commentary on modern life. I mean, the commoditization of everything, the forbidden fruit of fame, the tenuous relationship with one's own dignity. Cinematically, yes, it's not very showy. Cage's performance takes up a lot of the oxygen, and he's very, very good in the very vulnerable way that has re-endeared him to movie fans recently. I'm thinking like Pig, and again, the unbearable weight of massive talent. He's magnetic, but in no way is he heroic here. Bit parts by Michael Cera, who's hilarious, and Julianne Nicholson give Cage obstacles to bounce off of, but the show is pretty much entirely his. The Trap of most of these thought experiment movies, what we call high concept movies, is that it's often a great idea on paper, but can only fill enough material for a two minute trailer. This one is exceptional because it pays off the excellent concept and then fills out a full length feature with both a satisfying story and emotional investment. While not quite a movie of the year contender, it will sit firmly in the top quarter of my list when it's all said and done. And that's high praise. All right, every week I give you something new, something old, and something to stream. This week, something new is on Showtime. It's The Curse. And honestly, it's a real shame that this show appears on Showtime, something like the 10th most important streaming service at the moment. Very few people will see it. See it. Though I do wonder if it found its home there uh, because any other more mainstream outlet may want to sand down the edges of its weirdness. Anyone who has seen Nathan Fielder's other shows, like Nathan For You and The Rehearsal, knows about his particular brand of cringe comedy, taking it to the absolute limit. But this fully scripted fictional show adds a layer of prestige gloss offered by co-stars Benny Safdie and Emma Stone, the latter an Oscar winner who will almost certainly be competing on the awards circuit again this year for Poor Things. Stone and Fielder star as one of those HGTV-style house-flipping couples who show a perfect life to the cameras but have a level of danger just below the surface that burbles up in several moments of the pilot. It's a good show, and more than that, it's an incredibly interesting show, one that I think would lend itself to water-cooler conversation if it were on a more popular platform. Not sure whether it's even worth mentioning here, because I doubt many of you will watch it, but you should. This week's Something Old came out in 1973. It's Mean Streets. The cool thing about one of our legendary directors releasing a major project, as Martin Scorsese has done with Killers of the Flower Moon, 
is that the weeks before and after become a retrospective on that filmmaker's entire career. Conversations abound, and it's the perfect opportunity to catch up on any classics that you've missed. For me, that was Mean Streets, Scorsese's first major film and the true coming out parties for Robert De Niro and Harvey Keitel, who play Italian-American hustlers in Manhattan, scrapping together a living from various, shall we say, semi-legal activities. In the context of late period Scorsese, with his movies feeling weighty and confident, it's fun to compare a young, scrappy director who's eager to impress viewers with flashy filmmaking techniques and pop music. A lot of the themes and dynamics made iconic in Goodfellas and Casino are evident right from the start, and this movie deserves plaudits of its own accord too. The story is slice of life, but as it develops its shape, becomes more evident, and by the end, a viewer feels the weight of that anchor that De Niro's screw-up is on Keitel's upward mobility. Turns out, this Scorsese guy was very good at making movies even 50 years ago. This week's Something Stream is on Max. It's Slow West. After writing in my review of The Killer that it was the best performance of Michael Fassbender's career, I did some more thinking about his other favorites of mine to make sure I still believed that opinion. I do, but not enough people have seen this Fassbender-led Western where he plays a strong silent type, go figure, protecting a young romantic played by Cody Smith-McPhee who would eventually be nominated for a similar role in The Power of the Dog a few years ago. He, he's protecting him across the American West in search of Cody Smith-McPhee's love interests. The movie is very simple. It's just 84 minutes, and it's about as lean as any modern thriller I can think of. It's white hats versus black hats, and Ben Mendelsohn is great as the bounty hunter on their tail. It's just a very solid little thriller, and as far as the streamer go, I think it's absolutely perfect. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this week's show. I really appreciate you listening. Uh, if you head over to the newsletter, again, mattcraig.substack.com, there you will see in this week's trailer watch the trailer for Anyone But You, the much-discussed <laughs> rom-com starring Sidney Sweeney and Glenn Powell. I don't know if you guys remember you know, their uh, steamy red carpet appearances from a few months ago, but uh, the movie now has a trailer, and you can judge for yourself uh, whether you see something between the lines uh between the two of them uh so that that'll be very fun head over to the newsletter and check that one out also uh i do want to mention the upcoming movie schedule of course the big movie of this weekend is the new hunger games movie i don't know that i'll be reviewing that one if i'm being completely honest but the only other big movie of the week is thanksgiving which is a new horror movie um which again not necessarily up my alley trolls three i think we're on trolls three or four also not my Valley and the Taika Waititi movie Next Goal Wins, which I guess, hey, it stars Michael Fassbender, who's uh, the man of the moment. But I don't know. I, I've, I haven't heard very good things about that movie, and I don't know. That may be the one we end up going with. However, I do want to mention that next week, next week, Napoleon comes out, and that will obviously be a very, very big movie for this newsletter, and I cannot wait to talk about it. So... Patience, uh, as we now get into late November, 
Um, I think a lot of these movies uh, are kind of trickling out across the country, and I'm lucky in Los Angeles that I've seen several of them. So when I think about The Hunger Games or Anatomy of a Fall, movies like that, you guys maybe will see those in the upcoming weeks. Um, and you'll maybe want to go back through the newsletter or podcast archives and see what my thoughts on them before you head out to, to watch them. But in any case, there will be a show next Friday, and we'll be talking about one of these movies. Uh, so you'll just have to come back and see which one it is. But until then, guys, as I always say, I guess I'll see you at the movies.